Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Mike Ola has been lucky enough to work in the audiobook business for the past eight years. During that time, he's published several hundred audiobooks, including dozens of award-winning titles and a few New York Times bestsellers. Currently, he's published Save the Cat, Blake Snyder's seminal book on screenwriting from Michael Weesey Productions. And Carol, I know Save the Cat is one of your favorite screenwriting books. Oh, yes. You're not kidding, Claire. For years, I'm... I believe in this book. When I first got it and started reading it, I was shocked at how um, he was telling me things that I'd never heard before, and I've read a lot of books. So we're really glad to have you, Mike. Thank you, and thank you for bringing us clips of the book because we're going to play these clips for people to understand how brilliant that Blake Snyder is. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Claire and Carol, for having me. Well, I know you publish CDs, and I'd like to know why you chose Blake Snyder's book, Save the Cat. There's two primary reasons. Um, first, it's a wonderful book. And in 2005, when the print edition was first published, audiobooks were a bit of an afterthought. Since then, audiobooks have exploded in growth. Um, and since everyone has, or most people have a smartphone, Um, Those people now have an audiobook player in their pocket. So audiobook popularity has grown significantly. And since Save the Cat has been a perennial bestseller, it only made sense to bring it out to the audio world. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure and a delight to publish the audio edition of this bestselling book. Um, The second reason is the quantity of scripts being written these days is higher than ever. So I think resources for screenwriters and scriptwriters is in high demand. And Save the Cat is one of the best resources for screenwriters and scriptwriters. Um, so it's just another way, another resource for the screenwriters, another way for them to ingest Save the Cat is the audio edition. So when there's an L.A. screenwriter stuck in traffic, they can listen to the book during their commute. Um, so those those are the two reasons why I brought it to life. Oh, I can see why, because I happened to loan this to my daughter, Carol Joyce, and it took me a week to get it back. With I thought I was going to have to drive to L.A. and get it myself. She <laughs> fell in love with it. You know, I'm almost finished, I would hear her say, and then I couldn't get it back. So it is terrific, because she's, she's a very good critic. But I'd like to know, why is it uh, useful to hear books? Well, readers have a hard time reading all the books they want to read in a year. Um, so an audiobook gives them another way to ingest books. So they can now tick another book off their reading list on their commute to work. Um, so readers want to read, and, and audiobooks help them do that. Um, it gives them a way just to ingest more books. Um, That's a great idea. I'm totally with you on that. 
Um, <laughs> well, let's play that first clip, Claire. Um, Claire, we have five clips that we can p- uh, play today. And I have to say, when I bought the book, I had no idea how the picture of the cat hanging on a rope and the title, Save the Cat, how did that have anything to do with the good screenplay? So let's play the first clip, Claire, and we'll learn some more. In order to better create a good what is it, a spec screenwriter must be able to tell a good one line or log line, a one or two sentence grabber that tells us everything. It must satisfy four basic elements to be effective. One, irony. It must be in some way ironic and emotionally involving, a dramatic situation that is like an itch you have to scratch. Two, a compelling mental picture. It must bloom in your mind when you hear it. A whole movie must be implied, often including a time frame. Three, audience and cost. It must demarcate the tone, the target audience, and the sense of cost, so buyers will know if it can make a profit. Four, a killer title. The one-two punch of a good logline must include a great title, one that says what it is and does so in a clever way. Wow, that is so true. Um, this is the key to selling your film, to understanding it yourself. Because many, many times people have an idea for a film and they just haven't gone deep enough. They're not, they haven't really got the heart of this film yet. But if you can do this, you, you're on top of it. Um, I agree. He really goes to the heart of script writing and he lays out the basics for the script writers to go through. It's a checklist of things that each script has to meet. And it lays it out in a simple, basic way. And that's what I appreciate about it most. You know, and uh, and it goes on to say that movies must travel and be understood everywhere. Over half of your market is now outside the United States. Well, he was ahead of the curve. 60% of Hollywood's income is now outside of the United States. All right. So everything you write and what is happening is that everyone has their eyes on China now. So they're even writing for the Chinese censors. That's how small the world has become. And Blake was right on top of it. He's when he said over half your markets outside the United States. And while high concept, it was a term that's not fashionable. It's a type of movie all Hollywood is actively looking for. Uh, but he also says, pitch your movie to anyone who will listen and adjust accordingly. So I, I, these, that is such a good thing. I want to talk about the narrator a little bit. His name is George Newbern, and he's a rock star in his own right. He was in The Father, Father of the Bride. More recently, he was an actor in Scandal. Um, so he's a Hollywood actor, and I think it was really an important part of this and added a lot to the audiobook to have George Newbern narrate Save the Cat. Yes. Yes. Um, we have he has a 4. strong 8, voice. 4.8 stars on Amazon, over 168 reviews. It's one of our best highly rated audiobooks of the year. So I'm just really happy with how it turned out and it's it's um we've gotten a lot of great feedback about the narrator. 100 over 160 reviews. That's incredible. Yes, and it's wow. just getting started, I think. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. How long have you had it? How long has it been available through Amazon? It released at the end of May, so five months. Ah, that's great. That's great. Well, do you have any plans for putting other uh, filmmaker pro- uh, books on CDs? 
We are certainly considering it. We are looking through the rest of Michael Weesey's list um, at other books that he's published and reviewing them for audio potential. So hopefully, yes, but no guarantees or announcements right now. Okay. Well, I have to uh, say that I really love the way Blake explains the log line. He says the number one thing a good log line must have, the single most important element is irony. And that goes for whether it's a comedy or a drama. A cop comes to L.A. to visit his estranged wife, and her office building is taken over by terrorists. That's diehard. But if you will think about that, it's one sentence, and it's very visual. A cop comes to L.A., so you see a cop, you see L.A., to visit his estranged wife, and her office building is taken over by terrorists. Well done. So you've got uh, an estranged marriage a cop, hard, hard-nosed cop, and a building full of terrorists. You know the film right there. Then the next one is from Pretty Woman, and it says, A businessman falls in love with a hooker that he hires to be his date for the weekend. Now, that's visual, too, because businessman, you see a guy in, a, in an expensive suit, and that's what we saw in the movie, falls in love with a hooker. And in the beginning... She was dressed like a hooker, and he hires her to be his date for the weekend. Well, it leaves you wanting more, but there's got to be something really important there uh, because you want to see how in the world would he fall in love with her, and that's what sells films. So he says, I don't know about you, but I think both of these log lines, one from a drama, one from a romantic comedy, they reek of irony. And irony gets my attention. It's what we who struggle with log lines like to call the hook because that's what it does. It hooks your interest. So, Claire, let's play the next clip, okay? As I search for matches in this game of genre gin rummy, do I look for runs or pairs? I'm interested in creating categories of movies that I can add more movies to every year. And I think within these... Ten story types, you can stick just about every motion picture ever made. You can make up your own categories. You can add others to this list, but I hope you won't need to. You will also note that nowhere in this list do I have standard genre types, such as romantic comedy, epic, or biography, because those names don't really tell me anything about what the story is, and that's what I need to know. The ten types of movies I have categorized here are Monster in the House, of which Jaws, Tremors, Alien, The Exorcist, Fatal Attraction, and Panic Room are examples. Golden Fleece. This is the category of movie best exemplified by Star Wars, The Wizard of Oz, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Back to the Future, and most heist movies. Out of the Bottle. This incorporates films like Liar Liar, Bruce Almighty, Love Potion No. 9, Freaky Friday, Flubber, and even my own little kid hit from Disney, Blank check. Dude with a problem. This is a genre that ranges in style, tone, and emotional substance, from Breakdown and Die Hard to Titanic and Schindler's List. Rites of Passage. Every change of life story from 10 to ordinary people to Days of Wine and Roses makes this category. Buddy Love. 
This genre is about more than the buddy movie dynamic as seen in cop buddy pictures, Dumb and Dumber, and Rain Man, but also every love story ever made. Why done it? Who cares who? It's why that counts. Includes Chinatown, China Syndrome, JFK, and The Insider. The Fool Triumphant, one of the oldest story types. This category includes Being There, Forrest Gump, Dave, The Jerk, Amadeus, and the work of silent clowns like Chaplin, Keaton, and Lloyd. Institutionalized. Just like it sounds, this is about groups. Animal House, MASH, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and family sagas such as American Beauty and The Godfather. Superhero. This isn't just about the obvious tales you'd think of, like Superman and Batman, but also includes Dracula, Frankenstein, even Gladiator, and A Beautiful Mind. Are you thoroughly confused? Do you doubt my sanity when I tell you that Schindler's List and Die Hard are in the same category? Are you looking at me kind of funny when I tell you that buddy movies are just love stories in disguise? Good. Then let's dig further into the wonderful world of genre. Well done. Well done. No, he's got it so well outlined. Uh, and that's it. Uh, he's done a really good job, don't you think? I totally agree. Yeah. He um, expresses it very clearly. And you must have a lot of comments from 160 reviews where people are uh, happy that he was so clear in his outline of how to write good screenplays. Yes, it's been amazing, the amount of support and great feedback we've had on the audiobook. One interesting comment I will note is that we received word that a writer experiencing writer's block, um, listening to the audiobook helped that writer overcome writer's block. For whatever reason, ingesting this book through the ear helped them through that difficult time and, you know, got the juices flowing again. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat that this audio version helped beat writer's block and you know it's that's a tough thing to overcome so anytime you hear about something like that uh it's pretty cool it is cool and you know that we all uh in, have an intake of information uh either uh through a visual intake some of us are visual some are audible and some are kinesthetic and most people are combinations but what you have is definitely for those people who love to receive information by word of mouth because they get it, and they get it really quick. Um, I, I understand that, and that's all these people who really love music are, are tuned in to listening. They're good listeners, and they're the ones that would get that information just through the, right into their DNA. That's part of it. So, Claire, let's go. I'm hooked. Let's do another uh, clip. You polished your one line and pitched enough civilians to know you've got a good one. You've screened a dozen movies that are in the category of story you're trying to tell. You've come up with a perfect hero and antagonist and amped up both the hero's primal goal and the conflict in the way of his achieving it. And now it's time to take all that great info you've gleaned about your script and figure out how to write the sucker. 
There is no greater thrill when I am working on a newly born movie idea than the battle cry, let's beat it out. It means it's time to put all those great scenes and ideas and characters up on the board and see what goes where, which character does what, and whether you need every scene you've imagined or have to invent all new ones. It's time to do the measure twice, cut once calculation that will save you time, allow you to pitch beat for beat, and build the foundation and ironwork of your screenplay. It's time to talk about structure. Well, um, I happen to say I really agree with him on the structure. When I read the book, I, I wasn't sure. So what I did was uh, I got a, a lot of DVDs. I uh, then put them in the player and got the timer on and uh, and listened to the watch the film and watch the clock at the same time because the inciting incident, he says, should happen in the first five minutes. Well, nowadays, sometimes that happens in the first two minutes. But yeah. So, yeah, it's moved up a little faster, but it is there. And, in the, and by 20 minutes, you should have some love interest in the film. What I found was so shocking was that at 45 minutes, it's the second half of the film. And I thought, now, wait a minute, how could that happen when I don't even know it, right? And so, and I took the Masters, uh, Hitchcock I did, I'll swear to God, 45 minutes, bang. It was a new film, second half of the film. Um, and what Blake explains to us is that moviegoers are programmed, and they don't realize it. So when they go to a movie, or they sit at home watch a movie, and, and they say, I don't really think I like this. There's something wrong here. It's because... They don't have these cues. You're, you're programmed for these cues, the 5-minute, the 15, the 20, the 45. And if you don't get that, you think something's wrong with the film. Yeah, right? you have expectations built in to what you're going yes. to, to look at. And if it's not there, there's some dissonance going on, and you become uncomfortable with the film. I totally agree. So, and that... Is the, the, that hidden information to me was some of the best stuff I have ever heard, because uh, I'm a big movie fan. I see a movie a day, and, and believe me, I know when something's off. But now with Blake's information on top of just my love of films, I'm definitely able to say, "Whoa, the writer missed that cue, right?" Yep, yep. There's a reason for the structure, and you can break the structure. You just better be aware that you're doing it, and you better be careful doing it as well. Right, exactly. Well, Claire, is that our last clip, or do we have another one? This is our last clip coming up. Oh, goody. Okay, great. Here Here we go. So now you've seen how you can double-check your work using simple rules of the road. If your script feels flat, or if you get back comments from readers who can't quite put their finger on it, but know something's wrong, here are seven easy thought starters to help you find the weak spot and fix it. Ask yourself these questions, the is it broken test. One, does my hero lead the action? Is he proactive at every stage of the game and fired up by a desire or a goal? Two, do my characters talk the plot? Am I saying things a novelist would say through my characters instead of letting it be seen in the action of my screenplay? Three, Is the bad guy bad enough? Does he offer my hero the right kind of challenge? 
Do they both belong in this movie? Four, does my plot move faster and grow more intense after the midpoint? Is more revealed about the hero and the bad guy as we come into the Act 3 finale? Five, is my script one note emotionally? Is it all drama, all comedy, all sadness, all frustration? Does it feel like it needs but does not offer emotion breaks? Six, is my dialogue flat? After doing the bad dialogue test, does it seem like everyone talks the same? Can I tell one character from another just by how he or she speaks? 7. Do my minor characters stand out from each other, and are they easy to differentiate by how they look in the mind's eye? Is each unique in speech, look, and manner? 8. Does the hero's journey start as far back as it can go? Am I seeing the entire length of the emotional growth of the hero in this story? 9. Is it primal? Are my characters at their core reaching out for a primal desire? To be loved, to survive, to protect family, to exact revenge. If you are having any nagging doubts about any of the above, you now know what to do. You have the tools to go back in and fix it. But will you? That's the rub. Here's a tip. When in doubt, do it. Odds are that if you or your initial batch of readers have found problems with your screenplay, everyone else will too. Well done. That's so good. You know, what to me, when I first looked at this book, I couldn't figure out what uh, the relationship of, say, the cat was until I got inside. And he explained it with such a visual for me. He said that there was a, a, a movie with Robert De Niro where he was a policeman, and they had a sting operation going on where they were bringing in uh, thieves to, people who were on the list as thieves and they were going to catch them that day and a guy walked uh, was coming into this building because they had set it up for staying in a building and brought everyone in well he was bringing his son so De Niro flashed his badge to the man where the man only could see it and the man's eyes were huge and he (laughs) grabbed his son and as he was turning around Gennaro said, catch you later. (laughs) So I knew immediately, okay, here's a cop. He sticks to the rules, but he's a good guy. And he's a guy I want to know. So I'm going to spend 30, 40 minutes and see, do I really like this guy? Do I trust him? And, yes, I'm on board. Immediately I was on board with him. So that's what Save the Cat is about. Yeah, make your hero relatable to the audience so that they can root for the hero. Exactly. The yeah. hero's journey began right that moment. So exactly. I sincerely yep. thank you so much, Mike, for taking on this product. And I hope you will uh, get more products for all of us in the film industry. I'm working on it, Carol. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure, and uh, thanks for supporting the book and the audiobook. You're quite welcome. And, Claire, thank you so much for doing all this work for us today. We all appreciate it. It was a great pleasure. Mike, um, keep up the good work with all of the uh, audiobooks that you're doing. It, it seems like um, you, you have plenty more work to do, and, and like Carol said, we'd love to see some more film books coming out as well in audio. I'll do my best. Thanks, Claire. Okay. And, oh, uh, Thanks. Mike, before you go, can we uh, just one more time, can you share with our listeners how they can get the book? 
Sure thing. Anywhere audiobooks are sold. So it is available in CD, as Carol mentioned, and then it's also available digitally uh, through iTunes, Audible, um, and many other places audiobooks are sold. Great. Okay. okay. And the Perfect. website, your your actual website where people can visit there too. Yes, what you can that? purchase the CDs there. That is www.dreamscapeab, as an audiobook, dot com. Great. Thank you so much. Carol, thank you also. Okay. Take care. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye. Be well, everyone. Be well, everyone. And to our listeners, I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations you've given at FromTheHeartProductions.com to support our podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you, and we'd love to hear from you with ideas for more shows. What are some topics that you would like covered? Who do you want interviewed? We, we have an open board for so many topics that you can offer to us as well in filmmaking. We're always open to your feedback. So just let us know. And please join us next week for the Art of Film Funding podcast. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.